Hey, it's Jamin Fraser, and you're listening to The Insecurity Project. This podcast is a mixture of interviews with experts, authors, and individuals who've gone on to do great things in their life by overcoming their own insecurity. You'll also hear one-on-one coaching sessions with people who are willing to be vulnerable and share their own journey with the world. Also, you'll hear 10 Minute Tuesday, which is a chance for me to deliver high-quality personal development content to help you in your own journey. I hope you find the podcast useful. Now on to today's show. Hey, it's Jamin. It's 10 Minute Tuesday time. The topic for this week is self-deception, how to notice it in your own life and how to eradicate it. And the focus is about self-awareness, really about seeing and noticing this show up in your own world rather than about fixing the world. I mean, obviously, all this personal development stuff is going to give you tools to see what's happening for other people. Your eyes will be open to the strategies that others are running, which is, which is really cool and it feels exciting to, to notice what people are doing. But as the kid president would say, it's, it is better to deal with the barbecue sauce stain on your own short shirt before you worry about the barbecue sauce stain on your friend's shirt. So all this stuff, deal, deal with it in your own life first and then out of the overflow of that, you may get a chance to be useful to others. So self-deception, here we go. The definition of self-deception is the action or practice of allowing oneself to believe that a false or unvalidated feeling, idea or situation is true. I can remember in year one, Some kid lost 50 cents. It got found. Mrs. Matthews, our teacher, said, who lost 50 cents? I put my hand straight up. I surprised myself. It was mine, miss. I lost 50 cents. Then I turned on waterworks, started crying because of how devastated I was about losing 50 cents. I didn't lose 50 cents. It wasn't mine. But I decided I was going all in with this lie that that was my 50 cents. Now, do you think it ended there? Well, no. There were interviews. All everyone was the whole class had to give an account of whose fifty cents it was. I just kept going harder and harder. Then the principal got involved. Then parents got involved. It, it, it went on for at least a week. By the end of the week, I was still so committed to this idea that my fifty cents was mine that by the end of it, when it all came out that it, that it wasn't, I, I felt hardly done by. I kind of was so caught up in this thing. I believed that it was true. You know, if if you don't deal with self-deception, it actually becomes part of you. It becomes part of your DNA. I'm sure that you you know people who, you know, it's, you, you kind of get to the realization that it's almost too late for them to change. They are so invested in their story, so caught up in their their game playing, their self-deception, their hiding, their pretense that even if they wanted to change now, it's it's almost too late. That's not to condemn them or judge them. It's just kind of saying it's become part of them. If you choose lies again and again and again and again and again, they become your truth. That becomes all that you know. So it's kind of of a serious deal to kind of nip this stuff in the bud, to notice where it shows up in your life and to eradicate it so that it doesn't limit you, so that it doesn't end you up in a small place, in a lonely place, in a broken place. So there are a few ways where self-deception shows up. The first is this, pretending not to know. I love that phrase. What are you pretending not to know right now? Now, one of the great ways of observing this is when you hear yourself say, I don't know. Now, obviously, you don't know everything, so there will be some things that you are allowed to say, I don't know. But where there are patterns of not knowing, where you hear yourself say, yeah, I just, I don't know. No, I really don't know. Um, I just don't know. Where you hear yourself say, I don't know, on the same topic, you know, three or four times, there's a chance that maybe, in fact, you're pretending not to know. 
And the reason you would pretend not to know is that knowing is costly. It's actually safer not to know because knowledge brings responsibility. So the moment you know what you know and you hear yourself say it and someone else hears you say it, then you've actually got to go do something about it. So ignorance is bliss, as the old saying goes, but it is self-deception. You do actually know. Now, this can be all kinds of issues in your life, but you know one of the common ones is as easy as, what do you want? Um, sounds like such a simple question, and a lot of people say, oh, to be honest, I just don't really know what I want. I never believe a person when they say that. It's just a dangerous thing to do. It's, it's costly to know what you want, because then you could risk failure, disappointment, rejection, conflict. You just go with the flow, then none of those problems can show up in your life. But it's not true. Of course you know. At some level, everyone knows what happiness and success is to them. It's just they've shut that down because it's not safe. So that's the first issue. What are you pretending not to know right now? That's a great great place to start. Second, where are you hiding? Now, you might think, well, I'm not hiding. Uh, one of the great self-deception lies is that statement there. Oh, I'm not hiding. No, I'm nothing to hide. Uh, one of the best places to hide is in plain sight. And I'm going to offend some, I'm sure, but one of the best ways to hide in plain sight is with extra weight. Now, a little bit of extra weight will do the trick perfectly. I remember coaching a guy who was carrying an extra 10 kgs, and I said, "Um, I wonder if you're hiding. What are you hiding? And, you know, how is this weight a hideout for you? I've got this idea that extra weight is a hideout. He says, "I'm I'm not hiding from anything. No one's ever called me. Accused me of hiding. I've never thought I was hiding. No, I'm, I'm fine. No one's ever called me overweight. I've never called myself overweight. I'm perfectly fine. You know, I just don't really like exercise. I like food. I'm just kind of an average guy. Okay, well, that's interesting. I said to him, what would happen if tomorrow you had to show up, uh, you woke up in the morning and you had a six-pack, You know, and you, you looked attractive and you were sharp and your skin glowed and you were really healthy? What would you have to go do? What would be expected of you by yourself and others that currently no one expects of you? Because you're carrying an extra 10 kgs. It's like, well, that's an interesting question. Because if I woke up with a six-pack and looked like that, I'd probably be expected to go be awesome. But no one ever expects me to be awesome. I'm just Captain Vanilla. I just kind of float along. I just do average stuff all the time. There you go. There's an interesting thing. Now, again, this idea of insecurity comes up, which is the whole point of this podcast, because why would you hide, right? The only reason you would hide is the fear of not being good enough. So you deceive yourself by saying that you're not hiding when, in fact, you are hiding so you don't get found out. That's not saying you're a bad person. It's just going, okay, well, let's be honest, because honesty is the start of the of all change process. Where, where there is self-deception, um, then you just sail on the way that you're going. You can hide behind all kinds of things. Mediocrity, uh, being normal, being busy. Busyness is just such a fantastic hideout. Oh, geez, I'm busy. No, it's just too busy to do that. Oh, no, it's just just so busy. Because you kind of get kudos for being busy. And you know, how are you going busy? Oh, geez, I'm busy. Well, you're a good person. You know, if you can't say you're busy, then you're not really sure what you're doing with your life. But it's such a great hideout to not have to confront stuff, not to have to listen to pain, not to have to deal with conflict. You just jam your life full of stuff. So the aim of the game is to come out of hiding, to be found here and now. To accept where you are is where you've chosen to be. And to deal with all insecurity and the fear of not being enough so that you can show up in the world with nothing to prove and nothing to defend. That is a beautiful and powerful place. 
The third point of self-deception is obfuscation. I love this word. Good one to say. Sounds fun. Obfuscation. It means to cloud the issues. Classic politicians speak. When they get interviewed, asked a relatively simple question, 10 minutes later they've weaved a trail of hoo-ha and not even got close to answering the question. They've just used it as a platform to say what they wanted to say anyway. So where you obfuscate and you talk your way out of stuff, that is a form of self-deception. Because often people think you've answered the question and you've just found a way to avoid it altogether. Wherever you make things complicated, that is self-deception. Wherever you're elusive, emotional, irrational, defensive, can't be pinned down, that's all part of self-deception. It's not actually serving you. To get out of that, just keep it real. That's one of the things Aussies do best. So you're lucky. If you're listening to this, you're not an Australian. Well, I'm sure you do things well that are not this, but this this is one of the things that we're supposed to do really well as Australians. We like to keep it real. We like we have a very sensitive BS meter. So use that to your, to your advantage. Catch yourself when you're talking rubbish. Just just keep it real. The fourth part of self-deception is playing games. A classic self-deception game is to deny, deny, counterattack. If you ever get pinned down, someone ever you know, catches you out, there's always a way out of that so that you don't have to be held responsible for something you're insecure about or you don't know how to deal with. Manipulating people, emotional blackmail, remaining in your strength. If you've heard the interview with Greg Bellingham, uh, this is one of his great lines. If you haven't heard that interview, a good one to go listen to. But he says, you disempower yourself when you remain in your strength. So, you know, maybe you're when it comes to arguing with your spouse, you're just, you're just better with words. And so whenever the argument starts, you know how to get it into your strength so you can just dominate with more, more clever words, more intelligent words. And you know you're never going to get beaten. Or maybe your strength is humor. You know you're never going to get outwitted. Or whatever it is that you're, you're strong at, you, you're able to maneuver the situation so you get to remain in your strength. So you never lose. That's a game playing that doesn't serve you because you disempower yourself. There's no learning where you are strong. Sometimes failing, falling, hurting is the is the point of change, is the point of realizing that you're wrong about some stuff which opens you to new possibilities. So being honest and vulnerable, you know, it, it sounds painful, but it it is a beautiful avenue for change and opens you up to cool things. So so the you know, at the end of the day, uh, moving out of self-deception is about facing fear. All self-deception is fear-based. It, it is always about the fear of not being enough and that you need to protect yourself from being found out as inadequate or as an imposter. Now, fear is almost always highly illogical. You know, it makes so much sense to us, but to people observing, they would never even have thought that about us anyway. So simply observing fear diminishes it. When you turn the light on, you go, oh, okay, I've always thought there was a monster there, but now the light's on, I can clearly see it's not. So just simply being willing to show up and face your fear is a massive step out of self-deception and overcoming the fear of not being good enough. Now, interestingly, the opposite of fear is love. There is no fear in love. You think about a kid, you know, north to too often, that is a, that's, that's probably the safest time in their life because they just know they are loved. Parents often do a great job of loving their kids at that point. It's a fairly simple job. Uh, and so a child just thinks, oh, mum and dad have got me. I'm, I'm safe. There's not a lot of fear in that point. It's, it's as their love quotient diminishes that fear increases and, and this starts to come into play. So 
How could you truly, you know, if love is the opposite of fear, how could you truly love yourself and others right now as a way of counteracting self-deception in your life? Interesting question to leave you with for 10 Minute Tuesday this week. I hope that's been useful and I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. If you're interested in finding out more about dealing with your own insecurity, check out the 30-day online Overcoming Insecurity Bootcamp combines high-quality frameworks with one-on-one coaching to help you eradicate the fear of not being good enough and give yourself permission to really flourish in life. For more information, check out jaymanfraser.com.